Welcome to Antimatter Pod, a Star Trek podcast where we discuss fashion, feminism, subtext, and subspace, hosted by Annika and Liz. Today we're joined again. No, today we're joined by a friend <laughs> of the podcast, Jules, to talk about religion in Star Trek. Jules, how about you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jules Dumay. Um, Liz and I have known each other since Harry Potter fandom <laughs> when uh, I was in high school, I believe. So um, we've met in person twice and uh, we worked together. You called me at the last, you like emailed me at the last minute needing an essay about Rose for the uh, companion piece oh, um, yeah. collection. And uh yeah, we've been friends in fandom for, gosh, so long now. I don't even know how many years at this point. That's Rose, Rose Tyler, not Rose Weasley? Yes. yes Rose, I'm just yeah. trying to, so, so many Tyler. fandoms. Your, your, yes. your fingers are in all the fandoms. Oh, yes, yes. Um, I'm currently, current project is doing a blog with a, uh, doing a full rewatch of Deep Space Nine. So I just a little about halfway through season one. So And it's great. <laughs> Thank you. Other people might know Jules's work from her question to Alex Kurtzman at the San Diego Comic Con <laughs> panel. She was the lady in the Captain Killy costume who asked about the erasure of diversity at the end of season two, which is kind of yeah. a, a bugbear of this podcast. It was kind of, uh, it was honestly kind of hilarious. Um, you know, I was with a mutual friend of ours, I think, Amy and um, Catherine, and uh, I got back to my seat and Amy said, that was a really great question. And he dodged it really well, <laughs> which was Honestly, the best part for me was uh, asking it and Alex Kurtzman just kind of got a bit of a deer in headlights expression <laughs> and just went, um, I was like, okay, I, I, he was not prepared for that. All right. So I'm cautiously, I think you and I were saying I'm cautiously optimistic that, you know, the writers at least may take it to heart because I was kind of expecting, I was not sure what sort of audience reaction it might get if I was being a, you know, feminist killjoy, as we are wont to do. Surely not. Us. Uh, yeah. But I was surprised to hear some, like, scattered applause and cheering throughout mm. the uh, Hall H, um, and had a couple people stop me on my way out to thank me for asking it. So I'm like, all right, hopefully they may uh, kind of take that to heart behind the scenes and see about addressing it somehow. Yeah, I kind of, I almost wished you had got in a bit harder and made it <laughs> inescapable, but I also can't think of a way to do that appropriately and without basically offering a comment instead of a question. Yeah, and they pre-screen questions, so oh. I was like, hmm, I can't be too aggressive, probably don't want to get too aggressive. Actually, they were just relieved to have somebody asking somebody besides Patrick Stewart a question, I think. <laughs> they were glad to have somebody asking, because everyone was asking Patrick Stewart things, which, understandable. But a bit narrow. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I also think it's a complicated enough issue that it's difficult to discuss in the context of a Comic-Con Q&A. Yeah. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. 
Like, I, I would love to sit the writers down and go, hey, you know how all through history African-American <laughs> women have had their achievements erased? Mm. Did you think about that? <laughs> Maybe think about that. But I think that's more of an in-person at a con where I can buy them a drink and sort of, yeah. you know. I, I think a Q&A at a Comic-Con like that is a bit confrontational mm. to go in that hard. It's hard to, and yeah, I think partly also just coming from someone who was in a costume also it helps because yes, it's clearly yes, from yes. someone who cares enough to put the uh, that amount of work and and energy into it. So I hope yeah. that that kind of softens it a little. Also, I love your Tilly costume. I know I've said this Thank in you. the past, but it is just glorious. <laughs> Thank you. It was a lot of fun. So. Uh, Religion in Trek was your idea. Yes. Because I know, I think we've had, we've had conversations about it in the past, at least mm. in passing. And I was struck by Blair Amani, is that her name? I'm totally blanking on the cosplayer's name. Who yes, that's her name. Yes, everyone freaked out about at Comic-Con because uh, she did this fantastic cosplay of... Um, she was inspired by Jordy in particular, but uh, she was just designed, did this great design for costume to accommodate her uh, hijab. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Oh, like, and it was great. It was beautiful. I loved it. But of course, uh, as certain parts of Star Trek fandom are um, inclined to do, they, well, they did their thing. And uh, yeah, her they mentions certainly became... Did. Yeah, her her mentions were just unfortunate. I'm like, really, really. And there was a lot of invoking of Gene Roddenberry as some sort of yeah. Star Trek mm. ghost who is going to come and and reign. Yeah, yeah. Hellfire and Brimstone and all of us for this mere <laughs> suggestion that religion exists yeah. in Star Trek. Despite yeah. evidence. Lots and lots of guys out there are pretty sure they know what Roddenberry's vision is. And, mm. uh, it's amazing. So many mediums. I know. But it's also it's amazing. Doesn't it? Uh, that's great. Sure. Even if Roddenberry had a vision, which I. <laughs> what's the, the legal word? I, 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 I don't concede, I guess. <laughs> but, but even if he did... Maybe a little generous. I think it doesn't matter anymore 50 plus hmm. years later. Yeah. You know, that's, that's authorial intent only gets mm. you so far. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we have evolved past it at this point. Uh, and I mean, frankly, Roddenberry's vision, as, as far as it exists, changed. You know, he yeah. was much more staunchly atheist by the time of the next generation than he was making the original yeah. series. And oh, this yeah. Was the, this was the point where he was starting to see himself as sort of a messiah figure, <laughs> joking about how he could have invented Scientology if L. Ron Hubbard mm. hadn't gotten there first. <laughs> Oof, wow. I was not aware of that. That yeah, is... Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm not shocked. I'm, I'm not shocked, me. but yeah. 
That is me paraphrasing something someone else said in the documentary Chaos on the Bridge, which in Australia at least is available on Amazon Prime. And it's a very good look at the shenanigans behind the scenes in the first season of Next Gen. Oh, that uh, sounds very interesting. It is. It's so fascinating. And the extent to which Roddenberry's ideas were not really compatible with modern television Hmm. of the late 1980s is Hmm. you know completely understandable he was a guy who peaked in the late 60s but also very sad that there was so little capacity to um advance ideas until michael pillar came along and basically until his health didn't allow him to participate as fully Hmm. Uh, yeah yeah that's a shame that's interesting, though. That is, I'm definitely going to have to see if that's available in the States, because that sounds very interesting. I feel like I should warn you, trigger warning, William Shatner. He Oh, Lord. Oh. So there, there's sort of an element to me of Shatner going, look, this spinoff was shit all along. I was oh. right. This show is bad. But it's very interesting. And you see the producers and Gates McFadden talking about why she was fired for being too openly feminist. And oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Good times. Yeah, <laughs> wow. But I kept yeah. having that back to that uh, Scientology line um, mm. in, in the context that is of. Yeah. Of religion. Wow. Because yeah. Roddenberry so often positions religion as a scam and nothing more yeah so it it, when you look at it in that sense the idea that humanity has outgrown this primitive idea is Mm. almost good it's just a lot of things are lost along the way yeah yeah and it's mm. i firmly believe that religion has a cultural aspect and aesthetic Mm -hmm. aspect and there's all these other things communal community like religion is about a deity or deities okay and the worship thereof but there's more to it and just erasing it entirely without understanding or you know without finding you know, the, those other bits and pieces that make up the whole and making sure that they are being served somewhere else. Yeah, like, absolutely. You have to have that. You can't just erase religion and say, yeah, We're be okay now. Because it's not yeah, true. something else is going to have to fill that vacuum. Well, and Liz, I think you have said something to the same effect before of that, that, that just his from a historical point of view, you and I both kind of have history backgrounds that just doesn't happen I mean it's just I mean religion I can see okay culturally it's not as big a part of public life sure you know okay um that can be problematic in its own way because it's so often used to kind of single out certain religions Mm. over others but in theory okay yeah I could see uh you know a utopia involving a lot less sort of public displays of religion cool but just no religion at all is just you know of all the things in Star Trek that could one could call unrealistic in the world building that for me is sort of 
such a huge stumbling block just because that doesn't happen. You know, I'm, I'm, and, you know, as you said, it's, um, Annika, it's a cult. There's so much more to it than culture. I mean, than, than just a deity, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish and, Absolutely. I mean, you can be an atheist and still be a very active practicing Jew just because there's so much more to it than just, okay, what do you, how do you feel about God? Um, I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't see that happening. Yeah. And then you consider the side effects like, sure, it's ostensibly no longer a Christian or Christianist dominated society and that's really great a lot of terrible things have been done in the name of my religion mm. on the other hand you've also lost Islam and Judaism and mm. you know all of these all, all of the these other religions. religions of the world and many of which have I mean again speaking as a Jew I'm like there was a very nearly successful attempt to wipe us out yes. in recent memory. <laughs> Saying we don't exist anymore has some really iffy implications. Right. Yes. Uh, and I was thinking about, you know, the uh, genocide of the Rohingya Muslims in, in I, I want to say, Sri Lanka. Mm. Anyway, the point mm. is religious groups are targeted and to say they're all gone now is well that doesn't happen without death yeah that's, yeah that's not a transition you can make peacefully and that's not a good history to build your utopian society on. yeah yes. yeah <laughs> we got rid of everything we don't like yes yeah i'm like even then you know look at the inquisition and you know how many people how many Jews in Spain were forced to convert and continued to practice in secret. I'm like, really, yes. I don't think you're getting rid of it. You're just driving it underground. Yes. There's this question that my friend Stephanie always asks when it comes to utopian science fiction. Utopian for whom? Uh, or possibly mm. who, grammatically. Mm. Um, like, I, I think for me, religion in Star... Excuse me. Religion in Star Trek is one of the big... <laughs> the big who is this utopia for because it sounds right. right now like a religion free star trek is only a utopia for basically your richard dawkins atheist bros i was about yeah. to say a certain type of uh neckbeard who completely misses the point of a lot of star trek the guys coming for blair armani yeah yeah i mean honestly i just thought partly i was like the, the actual design work she did, because she didn't just, you know, take a standard next-gen uniform and add a hijab. She worked to design a whole sort of alternate uniform. I thought it was just a really cool piece of work. Absolutely. You know, and others, too. Uh, yeah. Like she did, a, like, a Wesley, which yes, was great that was and amazing. Great. And I was like, this is so good. And it's it's so – it's like beautiful to me on many levels like the craftsmanship absolutely but also just the idea of saying I love this thing Star Trek and I want to incorporate myself yeah. into it in my identity mm. to imagine it's, a place I mean, for that's yourself amazing. yeah and, and we should embrace it yes and I do you know, see yeah a lot of the time when uh 
diverse bodies or diverse people are present in Star Trek, whether through cosplay like Blair or on screen like the extra we see in Discovery in a wheelchair, there is a segment of fandom going, but it's a utopia. We wouldn't have disabled people. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, well, first of all, Pike, I mean, you know, you want to you want to pull the nerd card and try to out nerd each other with Mm. uh, Star Trek trivia. Let's go back to Pike in the wheelchair. I mean, hello, leaving aside. Yeah, I'm like, you know, (laughs) clearly there are room, there is room for disabilities in this. You know, it's not just a problem to be fixed. Mm. And there is room for religion. I mean, the entire Mm -hmm. Bajoran population is predominantly religious. Yes. Yes. Like, there are those who are not, because they are also not a monolith. Yeah. (laughs) Amazingly. Yeah. But, and, and they're not the only alien culture that we see with a religion. And really, yeah. it's not like even humans are, like, there are humans who reference religious aspects like holidays or mm. um, iconography. And, and then there's stuff like, uh, when Janeway and Seven are like in Da Vinci's laboratory, and it's like, "Hi, this is super religious right now." Like, yeah, there's, there, I mean, you know, not... the episode ends with Seven like staring at his his art, and and in this like, and Janeway saying saying like, "You stay here and find what you need" or something. And it's like this is a religious ritual, even if you mm. aren't calling it that. Yeah, yeah. And we have overt things like uh, a reference to the Diwali Festival of Lights being taking place on the Enterprise in Dayton's Day, which, by the way, 24th century Diwali would be amazing. (laughs) That'd be great. Oh, wow, yeah. My favourite time of year is Diwali because I live in a heavily Indian neighbourhood. Oh, nice. It unfortunately usually coincides with the beginning of daylight savings so i have to go out really really late to appreciate it oh it's just like, no even like the shopfront evangelical church sets up lights in its window and decorates oh that's and great like, this is the best neighborhood that's great what about captain mccarr's ridiculous in the nexus christmas pageant thing. oh my gosh like his horrible i can't stand it <laughs> like that whole movie i really don't like but the fact that oh, his yeah. like perfect family is he and his fake wife and his two fake kids like with a Christmas tree in some weird yeah, Edwardian right. Christmas Carol craziness and it's just like whoa and I, I understand totally why his that. wife yeah. is in like full Victorian corset. I know <laughs> nothing makes sense. The entire thing doesn't make sense. Like she has ringlet curls and she's so clearly like a Beverly stand-in. It's just like what is going on? Why is this happening? But and you know I have had arguments with people who are like oh, well, I'm not Christian, but I celebrate Christmas. And it's like, that's nice. That doesn't make it not a religious holiday. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. It yeah. is not secular. Christmas is not secular. 
it seems to come a lot from my British friends for some reason. I don't know why, but it seems to be a large number of them are like, oh, yeah, I'm atheist, but I celebrate Christmas because that doesn't count. I'm like, it does, though, is the thing. It does. You're not celebrating Hanukkah. <laughs> That's the thing. Britain seems to be far more secular, but also have encompassed christian trappings into its secularism mm. which is interesting but it's surely it's you're not, not suggesting universal. that the british have blind spots Liz. And, oh. and and on that point star trek is very american yes because it's made in america and mm. america is a very christian country yes mm. so even though, like, Star Trek can pay lip service to we don't believe in religion as much as it wants, it's made by people who do yeah. in some way or who mm, yeah. are raised or who are who often experienced do. in that or who use the shorthand of religion mm. and oftentimes Christianity to describe something that they want to get across. Mm. I mean, yeah, that goes back to what you were saying about the cultural importance of it. Right. You know, that you, if you lift it out wholesale. I get that Picard's Chris, Christmas vision is supposed to be about the perfect family. Like, I understand mm -hmm. what it's putting forth, but they put forth the perfect family as a perfect Victorian white christian family <laughs> and it's weird mm -hmm. and so if you're not weird. christian it and if blatant. you're not christian that jumps out at you of like oh yeah okay well you can say you're atheist that there's no religion all you want but uh it's not just a random nice cozy day by the fire during the snow it's christmas i mean and if Apparently. you're not the weird thing is, you know? to me, Picard is one of the more stridently atheist characters. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Which I think has to be a consequence of meeting Q, but... Yeah, generation <laughs> is supposed to be, like, his crisis of faith, right? Like, that's the mm. whole point of that's that true. horrible movie. We should have a... Oh, wow. Yeah. We should have a, our episode on this, clearly. I have a lot to say. I but... am in. I have not watched it in years, but uh, I would be in... I but, am also up for this. <laughs> but, like, I think that the point of that horrible movie is Picard's crisis of faith and how he finds it again, whatever, through, like, again, very God figures. Like, the Nexus is clearly some kind of purgatory weird mm. thing where it's this place where he goes and, and, it, and it's a false paradise. It's like, mm. <laughs> this, yeah. the, the analogies are here. Yeah. I mean, look at, like, every, all of the movies, the, um, the original series movies are, like, weirdly. Oh, yeah. Religious allegories. stuff. Religious imagery. Yeah. Spock literally yeah. gets resurrected. Spock yep. literally gets resurrected. Spock dies to save everyone and is resurrected. He then wears his, like, Jesus robes. For... Yes, in his white robes for a whole movie. The whole movie yes. with the whales. He's in his white Jesus robe. And where where he is, like, saving the two-by-two two whales and bringing them yes. into the future to save the universe. Oh, like, my it's Lord, just, yeah. It's really weird yeah. how yeah. the movies 
from the beginning to generations really like push into strange religious. That's true. You're right. I had not appreciated that. And that's before we get into Star Trek V, where they are literally on a quest for God. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, like every original series movie, every, and that includes Generations, it has yeah. some weird God thing going on. You're right. I had not appreciated that. You are totally right. Gosh. Counterpoint, Wrath of Khan and Undiscovered Country. I'm not arguing against it. I just want to see how these fit into your thesis. Well, I mean, Wrath of Khan, you can't have Sturtzer Spock without Wrath of Khan. And mm. That is Wrath Spock's Khan, martyrdom. He, he kills himself to save everybody. And it, it suggests at the end of that movie that he is resurrected because they go and show his, mm. his capsule. Um, <laughs> With, like, the sun rising in the background oh, yeah. as he's intoning the uh, Space the Final Frontier bit. Um, so, I mean, I honestly feel like two and three are the same movie. They're just two parts of the same movie. Mm. So mm. that's, like, the Jesus story. Mm. And the Undiscovered Country, like, the Undiscovered Country is death. Yes, okay, yes. That's true. And they talk about paradise, like, straight on screen mm. spock and valeris uh talk about dante like okay mm. yes yes it's there it's uh it's it's less the purpose of that film that film but that film is about sort of reclaiming true. your endings and, and yeah hmm okay yes i will accept your your, your <laughs> on board we're on board <laughs> i'm sold one of my issues with the depiction of religion in Star Trek is that it's mostly something for aliens, as in the Bajorans, and occasionally mm. humans of colour. Like Chakotay mm. is depicted exploring his spiritual beliefs and sharing them. And they're hmm. not accurate to any actual Native American beliefs or practices <laughs> because that would be going too far. Yeah. But, I can't decide if that's better or worse. I'm like, on the one hand, that's worse. But on the other hand, maybe it's better that they don't actually handle <laughs> any real issues that way. Yeah, the story as I understood it is that they hired a guy to use lots of different Native American customs to like build his identity. Mm. And that the guy mm. they hired was actually like a charlatan who made up spirit, his, the spiritual oh, ideas. Oh, wow. So like, they like, Yikes. hired the wrong guy. And on top of that, specifically said he can't be any actual tribe. It has Mm. to be a wave at the idea of a tribe. I, for whatever reason, have to give them passing credit. And this is very, very (laughs) congratulations, you tried. Yes. But at least they did stop and think, hey, it would be really dodgy if we depicted traditional Native American beliefs as being completely wiped out by the 24th century. Like, Mm. I've got to give them credit for going in the opposite direction and suggesting that instead Native American communities and nations are thriving. Well, I mean, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, it's nice to say 
it doesn't exist by the 24th century but who has been wiped out who has traditionally people have traditionally tried to wipe out in that i mean you're saying then that there was successful genocide yes exactly so they didn't quite follow this logic through to to its conclusion (laughs) which is hey maybe human religions in general are still around but you know that they, they got a little bit of the way and i have to give them credit for that <laughs> partial credit yet it's c minus i really love the uh, I, I think universal uh fanon now that Worf is jewish yes yes oh my lord i was yeah i wanted i'm like i remember you mentioning in an earlier episode liz your happy place of picard side tumblers um, <laughs> and mine my happy place is warp satyrs that's just imagining i have two different scenarios both of which i love the first being the one where he invites both cisco and picard assuming (laughs) that at least one of them will not be able to make it and And then then they they both both do Uh, the second one is the au where in my head where uh Alexander and Zial are dating. So Worf's parents make him invite Zial's father. And so everyone on Deep Space Nine is sitting there at Worf's Seder with uh, Ducat. I'm like, this is, yeah, Worf's Seders are my happy place. Can you please watch both of these things? It's got a four drink minimum, too. People are going to get drunk. Kira's going to get drunk and start yelling, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Worf is going to challenge people to fight. Everyone's going to be fighting. Oh, I, I love it. The only way this could be better is if Troy and Dax are both there. And, oh, and my she, gosh. Yes. Like, Will Riker is just They'd be like, bros. Yes. Yes. Wor- <laughs> Jadzia and Troy would be bros. They'd be like, Absolutely. this is hilarious. This is great. The two of them and Riker are just sitting there with popcorn. Yes. Right, right. They're just keeping their drinks full and enjoying the, the show. Yes, yes, like, yeah. Either, either or both of these scenarios, frankly. <laughs> yes. yes. The entire Enterprise crew just shows up and crashes Warp Seder. He has to, like, rent out quarks. <laughs> This is getting better and better. I love this story. <laughs> I know. Please that might somewhat rectify. Because I gotta say, rewatching has been even more so. Every rewatch, it gets more and more uncomfortable. Any Ferengi <laughs> episodes, I'm like, oh, yeah. they're short, statured okay. people who are chauvinistic, whose culture is defined by greed and who can't be trusted and have really large appendages on their heads gotcha the terrible thing is they were conceived as like parodies of the american capitalist of the 80s and at Mm. some point very early on they took a side turn and went "Mm, actually how about we make them anti-semitic yeah great idea guys more cocaine for everyone like oof yeah Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. On the subject of Bajor and Bajoran religion, mm. can I please take a moment to defend the queen of my heart, Kai Wynn? 
Oh, she's a fascinating character. Yeah, by I all think, means. Particularly in the first season finale, I think that's in the hands of the prophets where she's introduced. We never really get consider things from her point of view, that she has spent her entire life trying to preserve the religion of her people mm-hmm. in the face of an oppressor who is deliberately trying to wipe it out. And mm-hmm. then they're finally free and it turns out their messiah is from the next oppressive mm-hmm. force over. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. course she's yeah, wary absolutely. and distressed and concerned. And then we have this school set up by Keiko, which is only teaching Federation science and no mm-hmm. consideration is given to how the Vedics of Bajor are interpreting these revelations about the celestial temple. Because... The whole science versus religion thing in that episode feels really artificial to me and it feels very mm-hmm. American. A lot of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because these are people who've had space travel for thousands of years. So reconciling their yeah. faith with science can't be new to them. And even if, yeah. even if Wynne is a very conservative Vedic... Surely the the more progressive Vedics are already on this. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way this hasn't been wrestled with. Yeah. I mean, that's what's, yeah. As you say, they've had space travel for millennia. I mean, there's no way they haven't sort of wrestled with this and addressed this. And I'm not saying that killing people and bombing things is an appropriate response. Obviously, I'm more into the sternly worded letter and the sarcastic (laughs) tweet. But I understand where Wynne is coming from. And mm. I think it's a shame that we never get to explore that. And, you know, she's right. The, the education being given to Bajoran children on Deep Space Nine is culturally inappropriate and insensitive yeah. for people who have only just escaped Cardassian oppression. It's like when white missionaries go yes. into a completely mm. different culture. Like, well, let's say um, here in America, they, they, they would take Native American children and, like, force them to go to a, not just a, a American school, but a Christian parochial mm. school and force them to learn that as their truth. Mm. And that is wrong. I think yes. it's sort of acknowledged as wrong now, but not by those people not by the people who who yeah schools even now there are are some you know religious extremists Mm -hmm. and so it's it's interesting when in that scenario kai win represents the indigenous people yeah who are being forced to learn something that's completely separate and yes. it's sort of where the, uh, you know, because the initial conception of the Bajorans and the Cardassians was space Palestinians and space Israelis. Yes. Um, and I feel like as Deep Space Nine goes on, they kind of end up making them, I always personally read them culturally, at least as space Jews and space Romans. Um, yes. But mm-hmm. uh, they kind of go for space Jews and space Nazis in terms of culture Um, and I'm like you know first of all that's just a whole I'm not even going to try and touch that mess there Mm. but I'm also like that's I mean that's one of the things I find interesting about Wynn is that as 
it becomes more as Bajorans become more and more sort of Jewish culturally. I'm like, I totally they're definitely Israeli now in terms of the ultra sort of the ultra orthodox to some extent taking trying to take power for, you know, their own meat, their own ends. Yes. And I'm like, I mean, that's one of the things that's interesting about Win, though, is that it's also clear that she really does believe this, that she's not just saying this. I mean, it helps. She's certainly very ambitious and she's definitely into using this to increase her power. But, you know, she has this wonderful speech to Kira at one point where she says, you know, you resistance types think that anyone, the only people who fought were the people who picked up weapons. I was in a camp for teaching the word of the prophets. I remember every beating I suffered. You know, don't, I I was like, that is a really, really, I like that they don't just make her a flat out religious fanatic Mm. or someone who doesn't believe at all and is just cynically using it, that she's kind of both a little bit. And even Kira, initially in in her first in Wynne's first introduction, Kira is a supporter of hers. She's very sympathetic mm-hmm. to her ideas. Like, I just the whole thing with Keiko's school bugs me because oh. Keiko has no educational <laughs> qualifications. Oh, so there's so much. It's teach there's for America. So much in space. There. Yeah. Right from the beginning, especially more and more of my friends are teachers and yes. I'm like she just kind of always was curious about teaching and picks it up as a hobby. I'm like, mm. yeah, that's how that works. That it really legit. makes me question how the educational system in the Federation even works mm. because these kids yeah. exist on this station and they, they never make any, like, why wasn't there a school there to begin with? Like, what, what yeah. was the plan? What, yeah, what, yeah. What, What's going on here? And I mean, it's just really yeah. strange. And I mean, it's established that like that cake, that Jake before then is sort of just sort of tuning in via uh, Skype, basically, that he's just taking Skype lessons from the Federation. Yeah. But like mm. Nog is taking nothing. And the Bajoran children are, are like, there's just seems to be it's just it's just a little weird. It is. This is a whole episode in itself. Education. You know, more evidence of the Federation just sort of like does stuff and does not think about anything that happens after that first Mm. thing. Like there's like, Mm. okay, we made a decision. You do whatever. (laughs) Like, Also very American, admittedly, honestly. Sure. Let's go in. Let's let's go in and free these people. And uh, yeah, don't know what. But we're done now, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, everyone. You have self-determination. Uh, please endure several years of pressure to join the Federation. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck to you. The, the, the Federation in regards to Bajor is very paternalistic in a Sarek sort of way, mm. which I love <laughs> as a piece of world building. I just side-eye it quite hard. Yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate a lot of the time, not always in the show, but a lot of the time they do try to, they make an effort at least to try to interrogate that. I mean, that's in the very first episode where Bashir is uh, 
being his first season self and um, completely unbearable and is uh, waxing rhapsodic about getting to do about the frontier. And Kira just kind of shuts him the hell down and says, this is the home of millions of people, you know, your frontier. Yeah, it's not a frontier. It's my home. I think that's one of the reasons that Keiko's school bugs me so much is that the show is mm. capable of interrogating these ideas. It just yeah. never stops to apply it to the education system. And, yeah. And, you know, this is world building that prioritizes men and adults over children and feminized careers, basically. Mm. Yeah. Well, and then later in the first season, after I think Kalamini had to go film a movie so o'brien was gone for a couple episodes and uh then he comes back and i guess keiko wasn't the story was yeah. they were visiting earth for keiko's mother's birthday yeah. and he comes weeks back and, and he's and weeks and he's substitute teaching i'm like yeah. it just feels very like honey can you water the plants while while <laughs> i'm still away i'm like that's not really how school works is it i mean it i guess it could be in the 24th century if it's mostly done by skype maybe you're more just kind of facilitating Mm. uh social socialization and keeping structure but yeah Yeah. like that's i don't think he's the first person i'd think of to substitute (laughs) i just don't understand why the vedics haven't stepped in to you know provide teachers and resources Hmm. and a culturally appropriate education for Bajoran children and other children who live on or near Bajor. Yeah. This tension is really interesting, but it frustrates me that it's not deliberate. Yeah. I mean, let alone, and they never, they don't really deal with it as much as I would like, which is that, you know, what's it like for any of these Bajorans really, but especially for Kira of just... There is an avatar of your gods. Yeah. Right yeah. there. You're right there. Your coworker is, uh, oh, turns out is a holy figure. I'm like, they really kind of don't go into how deeply uncomfortable and weird <laughs> that would be. Because I'm like, Dear wow. It turns out that my yeah. boss is a major figure in my religion. <laughs> is this legal? Yeah. I mean, as a Jew, if you told me the Messiah had come at last and it was one of my co-workers, I'd be like, this <laughs> is going to be, this is weird. This is, I don't know how to act now. I'm going to have to stop swearing. Yeah. And he's from a different Do culture I... and he yeah. has this weird military background. Mm. <laughs> and there's, mm. a, there's a lot. That's going to be part of Warp Seder. Yeah. That's going to be one of Warp Seder fights. I, I just think warpsaderfights.tumblr.com <laughs> That's another one of Picard's side blogs. <laughs> All the drama. So, in a lot of ways, Discovery has built on the concepts and achievements of Deep Space Nine, and suddenly mm. we have more overt religiosity? Is that how you pronounce it? Mm. More religious so. stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> More of that crap. Yeah. In season two, mainly. 
since that was mm. the religion season until it wasn't because they forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's what happens in, in both seasons of Discovery. It's like, we have a story. Oh, we have three more episodes. Oh, wait. What are we supposed to oh, do? Whoop. I don't understand. Wait, what? What <laughs> is the passage of time? <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah. I, yeah, and Christopher Pike was chosen to be the the catalyst for that, really, in a mm. weird, like, he is both Starfleet's avatar, like, explicitly, mm. and the most religious human we've seen. It yeah. really is very strange. Yeah, it was interesting. Which is, it, which is like, it's it's sort of like, what are we saying with this? Like, what is what are we supposed to get out of it? Yeah, and I sort of, I'm like, okay, I guess this is kind of a clumsy, good-hearted, clum, if clumsy, attempt to kind of walk that back a little and say, well, no, and go back to what we were saying earlier, which is, well, yes, of course religion still exists. People are just cool about it. You know, yeah. everyone just kind of is very, you keep it to yourself. That's your business. Apparently, uh, and I only know this from questions that Anson Mount was ducking at Star Trek Las Vegas, but apparently the original cut of New Eden had Pike as much more overtly religious. Uh, and oh. that was uh, rewritten and refilmed. So I found that very mm. interesting because... What were those scenes? Why yeah, that, doesn't Anson Mount yeah. talk about them? Are That's they... interesting. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, and now what, I'm curious. Right. If they, if that was the direction that they had decided to go, and then what happened? Like, why? Yes. Why did they choose not to? Why? Like, it's just, mm. it's, it's strange. Yes. Strange. I don't don't know that it was necessarily a bad idea because we don't know what was removed but it's just right. yeah I'm very curious but i'm curious what was removed yeah oh yeah. but terralisium i think i've told you liz i'm like oh thank god i i gotta start drinking now we're talking <laughs> about terralisium god i wish we recorded at a time when i could drink <laughs> i don't have chateau picard but i do have some from the uh vintner mauricio Lorca, so i do have How that appropriate Nice. Is it a little bit evil? <laughs> it might be. We'll check back in the morning and see how you feel. Yes, yeah, see how I'm doing. <laughs> oh, gosh. But yeah, I think I told you right from the bat, I was like, I'm ooh, I'm going to need to drink to get through talking about Terralisium because uh, I remember, you tried. I remember when you it tried. aired, you said you found the shots of the ripped up Torah incredibly distressing oh. to you as a Jewish person. It and was, yeah. I get that. I mean, it was a, it was just, the thing is, mm. if a Torah, you don't touch it with your bare hands. Um, if a Torah falls to the ground, it is buried as if it were a person. Mm. Um, you do do not touch it with your bare hands. So, yeah, I mean, I watching that episode and seeing the Torah scroll that had been kind of patchworked together with all these other bits of other sacred texts sewn in, I'm like, 
I get intellectually what you're going for and it's very nice, but just I felt it viscerally. I mean, I literally felt just a blow to my gut of, oh, no, that is horrifying. I mean, it's just this is an over the top word, but it's not an appropriate mutilation. I mean, it's just really horrific to see. I mean, we already know that I don't like this whole thing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but, so much. But the fact that we don't meet any, we only have like two or three Terrellesians that we mm. even see. So, like... Who are it, rebels. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, how did any of this happen? How mm. did, like, if... If it's a mutilation to rip this apart and put it together with something else, then someone would have said that. Like someone who believed in it yeah. would have said that. And so it's sort of like, it's, it's again, it's sort of this paternalistic idea of we're going to make religion into something that is universal and beautiful and everyone can believe in the same thing and that will fix all of our problems mm, you know it's like yeah. the Benetton commercial of let's all hold hands in different colors and <laughs> and will yeah. and and racism won't exist anymore and it's like, like oh, no you know yeah but no actually um, and over a very short period of time i mean yes. i understand there was time travel stuff going on whatever but it really it had only been like what a few centuries and, for them on terralisium right. i'm like and on top that, of that is like on top of all of this they, they just you know i don't understand the world building at all it's mm. with the end result is like it's Plymouth, Massachusetts, 1602. <laughs> like, mm. yeah, like that that's happen? where we're at. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. But what, happened, what we ended up with is freaking Puritans. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's it was actually sort of, America. Sorry, everyone. Actually, America. It was like it was original it, series in kind of on the worst ways in some in some exactly. respects. I'm like, mm. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It was like the way we're again. We're gonna have this big idea of, of we love all religions. All of the world religions are beautiful and wonderful and equal. And so we're going to create them into a new, you know a new rainbow of beauty that is yeah. actually Christian, and like specifically Which... New England Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... And I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm just like, still, the timeline, I'm like, these are religions that have existed for thousands of years. Do you really think in a couple of centuries, everyone's going to be, I'm like, it would make more sense in almost if they ran into Terralisium 900 years in the future. I'm like, mm. okay, at that point, I could maybe see this very small, isolated population kind of developing their own version of a new religion that is all of them put together. But a couple of centuries, I'm like, that's that's one sect breaking off. Yeah. <laughs> like, for all I know, the rest of Terralisium is just like, oh, those weirdos don't know what they're doing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is because we don't meet any of them. So, like, who knows what's going on? <laughs> we have no idea what the actual culture of that place is. I always, like, 
I feel like it would have been easier to buy that they had created a whole new, entirely fresh religion mm. out of their experience mm. with the Red Angel. Then yeah. they went, okay, guys, it's mashup time. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, really? That's That would make even more... I think that would actually make more mm. sense. Yes. You know? It would be... Yes. Yeah. This whole revelation of, oh, wow, okay, something... You okay, wrong. Everything our else religions don't wrong. account for this. So, yeah. And therefore... Exactly. We were saved by an actual angel and brought across the universe to our own all Eden. Right. <laughs> what like... we've got doesn't explain this. Let's, uh, all right, gonna have to find something new. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I would have totally <laughs> bought that. Mm. I don't like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. There's just, it's so, it's, it's not great. It's they not just, great. They loves tried. It. It just makes me but so then... sad and not yeah. and like i'm not you know people who love it i'm not angry at you and i'm not i don't think you're wrong like you should absolutely no. love it if you love it if that is your if you watch it and find something amazing and more beautiful power to it, yeah that's wonderful and I, I would never ever take that away from you and i don't think there's anything wrong with you or you know i'm just i have like almost a visceral <laughs> response mm. <laughs> to it. <laughs> the more yeah. I think about it, the more angry I get. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of our questions on Twitter was, what about omnipotent beings or con artists that present as God? Oh, Hugh, Trelane, Apollo, Ardra, and though Jeff on Twitter didn't mention him, the God figure in Star Trek V. I think it kind of come, comes back to Roddenberry's idea that religion is a scam. I have a whole essay in me that I'm going to have to write at some point. It's been bouncing around my head for years about Q as the Jewish devil. Um, oh. Because we don't have hell. Uh, really. I mean, the worst we have is something that's a bit like purgatory where you go to for maximum a year and a day. Uh, after you die so the devil is really very much just kind of a servant of god he's just a total dick who <laughs> is kind of who's there to make you think about things in weird ways and to basically he's q i'm like it's this is q is the jewish devil he's there to cause trouble and to annoy you and to ultimately do what he does when he introduces Picard to the Borg of ultimately sort of make you think about what you're doing and mm. make you prepare yourself for things. Yeah. So I'm like, I have to write the essay in my head about Q as the Jewish devil. I'm just mm. going to have to do a full D TNG rewatch at some point. I think that's a really good concept, though, and I think once you've written it, you should consider pitching it to StarTrek.com, where they're paying people mm. to write this sort of thing. Oh, yeah. that sounds more coherent than a blog post, frankly. <laughs> and unlike any of my ideas for uh, essays about Star Trek, don't basically uh, boil down to, this sucks, why don't you do it better, goddammit? Yes. Which... I mean, there is definitely a place for that. Yes, but probably not. It's probably not StarTrek.com. 
Have either of you watched My Little Pony Friendship is Magic? Uh, no. Bits no, and pieces not. of it. Yes. So uh, there is a character on My Little Pony Friendship is Magic named Discord. And he oh, is wow. voiced by John Delancey. <gasps> and oh, my gosh. He is literally cute. But I love um, it. <laughs> like, he shows up to ruin their day and make them do crazy things. And he's just like a, a yes. chaos agent, you know? And Yes. Um, But she befriends Discord. Yes. Because she Love it. realizes that he is a troublemaker because he doesn't have any friends and he's bored and he doesn't know what else to do. Like that's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's his thing. And so That is adorable. And then like oh my so gosh. so he eventually, you know, becomes like someone that she can call on and, and help out. Which is and it's that's like basically great. what happens in next generation with Picard and yes. I just like I just love that they changed that into this you know, for for this kids show. Um, I do not know how John Delancey got involved, but I just love it, and I, and so I just have to, you know, if anyone is like a fan of Q and or John Delancey, then you should definitely watch the Discord episodes of My Little Pony Adventures Magic because it's that's amazing and beautiful, and that's like what I like about Q, and I think that Voyager has does some really interesting things with Q. Like once they stop having him flirt with Janeway because he wants her. Like, once that's done. The relentless heterosexuality. Yeah, it's just gross. Uh, but, and Voyager. But, the, you know, they're like, the parts with, you know, they bring in other cues. They introduce oh, more of yes. the continuum. And I think they start being less mischief god figures. Discord or like a Loki, you know, and they become... A, a alien culture and that's mm. I that's really interesting to me and it's sort of like you know like in the the Thor movies mm. there's this whole thing about how so they were the gods of you know they were the Norse gods and it was just that they were aliens and so the, the, the Norse people didn't understand them and so they decided that they were gods and they and and sure. Odin, like, was like, yeah, absolutely. Good idea. Worship me. <laughs> because he's horrible. But, um, yeah. But they, they were just people that they didn't understand. And so it's sort of like this, that's the same thing that is happening with Keiko and Kai Wynn and the prophets. Like, this, there's this sort mm. of, like, you can have both if you, if yeah. you come to this, you come to this, like, agreement that science is always fluid and so is religion like mm. you, neither of them stay mm. the same for all time the more you learn about something the the more you know there's it answers all these questions but it also creates new questions yeah so, well and i mean religion versus science is such a relatively new yes and completely false dichotomy i mean the middle ages you know exactly natural philosophers 
were all monks. They were, you know, the early, what we'd consider scientists were absolute, were all monks. You know, Georges Lemaitre, I'm probably butchering the French there, but the guy who came up with the Big Bang Theory was a, uh, was a priest, I believe. I mean, so many scientists are Jewish. <laughs> My people are very well represented in science and medicine. I mean, the idea that science and religion are necessarily at odds is a very modern and very Christian mm. idea. Mm -hmm. And cer only certain forms of Christianity, even. And you know, very... That science fiction idea yeah like the, yeah the the people who are like seen Say, as the the big yeah. heads of, of science fiction yeah it's not ideas, actually but it's not yeah it's not yeah it's not less a christian thing than an ex-christian thing actually right. of yes. just these bitter ex-christian atheists who complete who universalize all uh christianity and sort of project it onto all other religion yes yes but it, it just seems so short-sighted to me it's like though what i learned in science class when i was in ninth grade and what my brother learned eight years later and what my daughter learned you know 10 years after that mm. and what my other daughter is going to learn this year are all different because it's oh, constantly wow. changing yeah like and so you can't say that science is based in fact and and unmalleable because yeah it's like, absolutely that's the not antithesis of science yeah so I just get really frustrated with, with yeah. this idea that, like, they can't live in the same place. Yeah. And this idea of science as being uh, intrinsically objective, we know is false. Mm. You know? Yeah. It, it's no the data you, you put in is the data you put out and or get mm -hmm. out. And science reflects our biases. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad that we didn't have Star Trek through the last couple of decades because I feel like <sighs> the new the new atheist thing has faded now, oh, or at least been my taken Lord. over and yeah. discredited by the alt right. But yeah, the new mm, atheists became the alt right, and they're a lot easier to yeah to ignore. Mm. So you know those bros who were shouting down Blair Armani were actually in the minority. Like I I, I lurk on our Star Trek and. There were a lot of guys saying, oh, religion, hijabs, uh, I suddenly care very much about the oppression of women. <laughs> but there were many more yeah. guys saying, it's so cool that she has done this and that's an amazing costume. And my yeah. very favorite reactions were the ones going, well, it's a really good costume, but it's more Geordie LaForge inspired than proper cosplay. And I'm like, you're wrong, but you're wrong in a very wholesome <laughs> way. Oh, yeah. You're wrong in a way that I'm not going to call out. Yeah. yeah, you're wrong in an you're you're wrong in a normal way. You're just yes. wrong. You're not yeah. wrong and also gross. <laughs> exactly. Or offensive. Yeah, yeah, just inoffensively, wholeheartedly incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think if if. 
Star Trek had continued after Enterprise and we'd had it through the 2000s and early 2010s, the fandom would have been a lot more ugly. That could have been, yeah. That probably would have been real ugly. Yeah. Ugh. So, thank you, UPN, for cancelling Enterprise. No, thank you, (laughs) really. Mm. (laughs) Mm. That was for the best. God bless It was what the world needed. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like, despite everything and the Nazis and the general... (laughs) Trumpiness of it all. Uh, this is a better time for Star Trek to exist. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Despite the Nazis. Despite the Nazis. Oh I mean, really, must... how much of a, how much of an original series statement is that? Oh, I know, that, really? I know. I just, it's like, meh. I mean, it, a lot of people say we need Star Trek now, so it's the right time. It's the, it's the best time for us to have it. Which is why I am glad that even if I did, like, disagree with everything that happens in New Eden, the idea of, hey, let's yeah. all get along <laughs> is, tried. is what we should be, you know, like, okay. Thank you, you know, for, they tried. Thank you for that. Uh, even though I find wrong. it, I'm like, oh, it's kind of sweet. I get what you were going for, and it's very sweet. Yes. If only, if only someone had been mm. on hand to go, guys, don't. No. Don't. don't Please use don't. The Torah Just... as your craft project. Yeah, it's a bit like in the first season when the character played by a Jewish actor turned out to be an evil infiltrator who looked like one of us but wasn't and was actually manipulating everybody in order to further his plot of world of galactic domination and at the Um, same time the character played by the Pakistani actor is a brainwashed Mm. extremist Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, oh, oh. guys. Although, why? I, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they're trying. I'm like, oh, you're trying, you're trying. Yeah. And I will say, one of my favorite uh, behind-the-scenes cast moments from Discovery in the first season was I was like, you can play found the Jews because uh, it was that's a scene from with cat interview with the cast at Comic Con. Uh, 2017, where they were asking Sonequa Martin-Green if she knew the origin of the uh, Vulcan Live Long and Prosper, the hand sign. And she's like, and I'm like, I don't judge at all, really, at all. You know, she's trying to find, she's like, oh, yes, yes, I do. I know. It's from the, um, Leonard Nimoy got it from the, um, the, um, and she can't find the word and says the high priest. And both Mary Wiseman and Jason Isaacs kind of (laughs) laugh a little. I'm like, yes, found the Jews. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There is a point where... I believe Tilly is paraphrasing a Jewish prayer as they farewell yes. the tardigrade. To the tardigrade, yes. It's it's from Psalms, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like, I... So I'm okay with that. I'm like, all right, there's one other character who's... In addition to Lorca initially, I was like, wow, very clearly being coded as Jewish. I was like, oh, okay, Tilly is also very definitely being coded as Jewish. So I'm okay with that as well. Right down to her mother issues. 
Sonequa obviously comes from a very Southern Christian background, but Doug Jones is Catholic. And I read that he sought the advice of his priest before he played the fish guy in The Shape of Water. Oh, interesting. Because he wanted to get his priest's take on the sexuality of the fish man. And the priest was like, well... He's a fish, so he's <laughs> not subject to Catholic law. Doesn't really apply. Sex is natural and beautiful, so... So if you're comfortable with that, yeah. What a good priest. I, I, I kind of wish I knew more about the writers who actually make a difference to the stories. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because once again, yeah. we'd look at New Eden and go... Eh. Yeah, it's like, whose idea was this? Who's, who's in charge? And the whole season. I mean, it's not like New Eden is the only part where there's really overt Mm. religious. No, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I mean, like there's a red angel, and as well. Although I still think that that the red angel is inspired by Neon Genesis Evangelion, it's not like Neon Genesis Evangelion is not also. (laughs) Yeah, chock full of religious symbolism. (laughs) Right. And, you know, we had Pike's weekly Bible reference there for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pike seeing his future and choosing to sacrifice Mm. himself is very, I mean, like, that's right up there with Spock in uh, going back to the search to uh, Wrath of Khan of like, yep, okay, sacrificing myself. Mm. And then Kat literally sacrificing herself at the end. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Cat as Jesus. There's Liz's religion. All of these people are presented as the height of Starfleet perfection. Mm. Mm. Even the one who almost blew up a planet. The way to be the best (laughs) at Starfleet is to sacrifice yourself to the greater good, which is Mm. super religious. (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know nothing. There's nothing bad about that. There's nothing bad like, no. about honor and morality and faith and like that's all of these things are important. Yeah, um, I mean it so, goes back to what you're saying at the very beginning of just the importance of even if you're not religious, you cannot deny just sort of the impact culturally that religion right. has had. Yeah, yeah, we live in a society that does <laughs> believe in these things, even if we don't. That it, because those are the people who founded the society. It's like it's not. Yeah, you're <laughs> steeping. It didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> I laugh constantly whenever people try to say that America is so. Ooh, the separation of church and state. It's like, yeah, God's on our money. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a thing. It's it's a thing that we again give lip service to, mm. but yeah. it's, it's something to aspire to. Like mm-hmm. it's not, and it's because the country was founded by religious extremists. They were literally yep. leaving their country religious to separatists. practice their religion. <laughs> like that was yep. their purpose. I mean, yeah, as Liz says, it's something to aspire to. You know. Mm. Separation of church and state, I mean, I'm all in favor of that as someone from a religion that tends to get kind of... Shafted? When, yeah, 
or when we're in charge does the shafting um if you especially i mean as star trek will admit given the bajorans and cardassians if i say that's just human nature i don't mean to be exclusive of bajorans and cardassians (laughs) just you know Again, Bajorans or Cardassians are not real, and they were created by humans, so you cannot Mm -hmm. divorce them from the reality of human nature. You keep Mm -hmm. saying these aliens aren't real. I'm I'm starting to question your faith in Sparkle Motion. (laughs) As it were, your faith. What I would like to strive for is a hijabi character in Star Trek. Yes. Absolutely. That That would say... Hey, you know, you can you can rail at this woman for her cosplay as much as you want. <laughs> but you're wrong. We've decided she's to, part of this we are, world. We are inclusive. Ooh. Inclusivity is what something you should be striving for. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I would also like to see in Star Trek Picard 24th century Diwali because I feel like that is a special effects oh, extravaganza. Oh my god. Waiting yes. to happen. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. And uh, warp satyrs for the drunken Klingon <laughs> fight. Maybe that can be a short trick. <gasps> yes. I want warp satyrs so badly. <laughs> like, I want that to be a series. <laughs> yes. I also want to, to follow the adventures of the lone rabbi who moves to Deep Space Nine and spends most of his time hanging out in Quarks, having theological arguments and playing Darbo yes. with the local Vedics. Yes, I'm in. Mm. I, yes. I like to think that the Pope in Star Trek's universe rolls out of bed, checks her email, sends another passive-aggressive message to Kai Wynn and goes about her day. Yes. I love it. Exactly. I want all of the, like, we shouldn't see, like, you know, everybody hates Kai Wynn. But why? Let's let's investigate what it is about yeah. Karen that we hate, and she's a and great, showing uh, her with her peers who yes. are not like other Bajorans, but with with other religious leaders would be so mm-hmm. interesting. Mm. Oh, I would love that the council, the like annual convention of yes. religious yes. leaders. The like that would be amazing. <laughs> The oh my lord! And, and all of they would all be like, you know, I don't think it would be arguing; it would be discussing. Like, you know, it would be it, it would, would be, be I, you know, this big conversation. They wouldn't be bickering about it. They would be. Oh yeah. Oh, Leo. Can I just suggest that one of the main points of disagreement at the Alpha Quadrant Religious Leaders Conference is: should we invite Cisco? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It gets awkward because the Bajorans are like, yeah, Cisco, except for Wien, who's yeah. like, oh, no, I don't think that's appropriate. And the Klingons oh. are like, okay, but if you're bringing the Cisco, we're bringing Kalis. And yes. then it just devolves into who can actually yes, present Kalis. their religious oh figure. Yes, I love it. Yes. Oh, my God. It's yes. not quite up there with Worf Seder, More but it makes me happy. To exist. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jules, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, um, I am on Twitter at Jules Has Tweets, and uh, I am, as I mentioned at the beginning, I am uh, currently doing a Deep Space Nine rewatch blog at uh, badpajamas.space. And it's great. Everyone needs to get <laughs> their life you. together. 
Including me, because suddenly <laughs> I really you. want to watch season one of Deep Space Nine again. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. What am I doing? I'm in the middle of season two of Voyager. Oh. It's bad enough. <laughs> oh, man, I'm in the middle of season three of Voyager, and I'm just like, when does seven arrive? I can't take much more of this. I remember liking season three better than season two, but I think that's just because the lighting was better, so it felt less claustrophobic. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm wrapping up. Thank you for listening to AntimatterPod. You can find our show notes at antimatterpod.tumblr.com, including links to our social media and credits for our theme music. You can also follow us on Twitter at at antimatterpod. Sometimes we post cat pictures and questions for our audience. If you like us, leave an iTunes review. The more reviews, the easier it is for new listeners to find us. And join us in two weeks when we're going to talk about Leslie, not Wesley, Crusher. Yes, I love it. <laughs>